let's get the Superman mm-hmm. we know up and running. Let him have his spotlight before you start. Just like in the comics, it's like before you start saying, "Here's your cousin. Here's your dog." <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello again, Mr. Jones. How have you been? Pretty good. Pretty good. I've been uh, absorbing all this crazy news. I tell you. Trying to make sense of it now at this point. It's it's crazy. It's cuckoo nutty, especially people who, who are going to be listening to this and have listened to others. We do seem to only come around to one or two topics. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, in the case of the DCEU, and I, I texted you this last night, it's like, we don't want to just be the James Gunn podcast or the DCEU podcast, but things are hopping in that world. Not that it's we're historic. a news source. Yeah. yeah. It's unfolding literally day to day because we, was it the last one where we were talking about, are they going to keep Cavill, get rid of Cavill and, and yeah. uh, how are the they going to work with it? And then the day after yeah, they dropped Cavill. So right. yeah, I mean, this is news and news that actually I think ripples out past you know, the pure nerds. Oh boy. I'm not gatekeeping pure nerds. I'm just saying it goes past us that are like, Ooh, I love a Superman comic and Superman movies or whatever. It goes to, Oh good. The, uh, here comes the, <laughs> the fire truck I uh, ordered is showing up. There it is. <laughs> um, I live on the oh, tough gosh. side of Portland. Yeah. yeah. It's honk the horn. No, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the these apps, <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, uh, I'm sure someone has uh, accidentally set their Christmas tree on fire. Yeah, people that love movies, that love... Because Henry Cavill has a fan base that goes past, you know, Superman. But I feel bad for the guy. I think he's handled it very graciously. Uh, he's put a good face on it. And like I was saying to John last night, I think that weirdly... I mean, obviously, he'll land on his feet. I'm not too worried about, will Henry Cavill work again? But he instantly was able to swivel over to another dream project of his. I'm sad he never got to play the Superman we all wanted him to play, but he got to do, he got to be Superman. He got mm-hmm. to be Geralt of Rivia in The Witcher, which is another dream thing of his because he loves the games. And now he's doing an entire series based on his absolute favorite game, Warhammer 4000, which I got to say, I don't give a shit about. I've never played it. <laughs> But, but, I mean, the the thing is, for him, his disappointment is still wrapped up in this golden thing because he's just, like, moved on to another dream project of his. It's not like he's like, I guess I could do a couple of rom-coms or something. It's like, no, they're like, what else do you want to do, Henry? Well, I -hmm. I love Warhammer. And they're like, great. (laughs) Um, Stay right there. Yeah. (laughs) Hold on. I've got the Warhammer guys on the other line. (laughs) Uh, I do think that... um, that it is so drastic. It's what we were talking about as a possibility. Are they go- just going to scrap everything and start fresh? And it looks like that is the case. There is some, James has been, uh, Mr. Gunn has been throwing out some, <laughs> some very confusing statements on Jimmy. Twitter. You can call him Jimmy. I know you guys <laughs> are tight. Jimbo. Um, Jimbo Gunn. <laughs> Jimbo Gunn. Ooh, that's a really good name. Especially if you were like, like a, an MMF, uh, in, was it the MF? What is the thing? The, the fighting? Yeah, the OWF. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, boy, <laughs> that, wrestling deal. That the no, I was talking about the like the mixed martial arts. That's it. Uh, oh, okay. 
but yeah, he, it sounds like he would be one of those guys. Jimbo Gunn. It, Jimbo Gunn, yeah. Um, but uh, he, he's been some of the 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 tweets, some of the uh, replies he's been giving on Twitter. It seemed like he's deliberately keeping things hazy and keeping he us guessing because I have this feeling that he really doesn't want to announce this until he announces it, which is supposed to be in the new year. He, he said every, every, every big piece of news we've gotten since he was hired has come from other sources. It's you know, we true. had the, the Hollywood reporter. Then we had Patty Jenkins dropping her statement. Then we had Henry Cavill dropping his statement. And, and in the midst of that, Henry um, James is coming in saying uh, yes, but no. And, maybe in this and that. I think he's doing a very good job of of being as transparent as he can be within the obvious because no one literally comes in and says here's what to expect for the next eight, you know, films or blah 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 until they do a big rollout like that. So what he's doing is he's addressing rumors and he's doing a good job of trying to keep people calm mm-hmm. because he's having to deal with I mean, generally, there's a lot of like, oh, I don't know if that's going to work, but that's the calm thing. There are plenty of the the Snyder fans and the hardcore people who are just laying into them. And so the one that I, I directed you to was his long sort of statement saying, guys, look, we knew we were going to get these kinds of this kind of feedback, but you can go ahead and do boycotts and your online things and you can slam us. It's not going to change our ideas here because we're going from character and story first and whatever serves uh, the umbrella that we're trying to bring out uh, is what we're going with. So your campaigns and stuff, you need to calm down and get over it. And Mm -hmm. he's being both a little snarky, but he's also being totally just up front going, no, no, guys, you can call, call me names. It's fine. But we're we're taking this from the approach of we are servicing that universe of characters and what came before. If you liked it, we're very happy you did. However, we're not going forward in the same direction. And that's both me going like, that's very well stated, but I'm on the other side of going, yes, because (laughs) it sounds to me like the right tack. And I was saying to John, like Snyder had his go. And it didn't quite work. It didn't work for a lot of fans, but it worked for some people. But literally, he's he's not beholden to anything. And he's coming from – and I said, look, if, if J- uh, James Gunn's Superman comes out and it's terrible, it might be. Who knows? Can't predict it. I will still respect the whole decision of like, no, we are not going to pick up threads left behind. We are doing – what we think should have been done from the beginning. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. 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 There is one, the, the most confusing thing he said recently, I think like in the past 24 hours was responding to um, some, somebody had tweeted at him saying, you know, it's just a real shame. You gave Cavill and, and Gal Gadot the boot or something yeah. like that. And, and he, he goes, goes, I just, I don't I know where you got the idea that we booted Gal. And so it's like another one of these things like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> What is happening? It could, so he, it's a very it could vague be, statement. Yeah, it could also be wording. It could be like yeah. one they turned when they scrapped Wonder Woman 3. Gal may have said, oh, well, I'm going with Patty and that's what I wanted to do. So technically they wouldn't have booted her. She would have said, yeah, I don't want to. Good luck to you. She could right. have walked. Or she might come back. I mean, 
Look, I was totally fine with Henry Cavill coming back and Gal Gadot coming back. Um, as long as the movies were not beholden to what came before, because the actors are not the problem here. They're really not. No. Yeah. But it, it, he did say another tweet too. He said, look, really the only reason we, we let Henry go is because we're going with a younger version of the character. I'm like, yeah. That seems like, I don't believe that. That seems like he's not really being completely honest. I don't know. I mean, he has settled on a story that he himself is writing. So it is possible whether or not it's a year one, because he said, no, we're not doing the origin again. But it could be something like Birthright, where he's like, I just want to see the guy develop and or early days of Superman, his first contact with an alien other than himself, maybe like Brainiac or something, not Kryptonian villains, you know, not going with Zod again, all that. If that is the idea, I mean, again, I'm on board for what he has in mind. And it's also possible. This is what I always said to uh, John is always very forgiving, like when with characters that have so had actors attached, he's okay with them going on forever. Like he has no problem. Like, well, Hugh Jackman come back as Wolverine. I'm like going, well, he's a very fit man in his fifties, but don't you want to restart a franchise and recast? Because if you're doing, let's say you get four movies out of the X-Men, the classic characters or whatever, that is over a decade. And people age. The characters don't. And mm-hmm. so if you're starting a franchise with Henry Cavill, who is, what, 39? Yeah, I think he is exactly – he's not quite 40. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the man looks like a god. But I'm just <laughs> but I'm just saying you start a franchise of Superman movies not connected to the previous ones, and you start with a guy who's 40. By the fourth movie or the third movie, he will be almost 50 or 50. That's a good and, point. Yeah, it's like – when you restart a franchise, that's why I'm sitting there going like, I love Patrick Stewart as professor X, but the man is 83 He's years 80. old yeah, <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, um, no, it's time to either let McAvoy take over completely or find a new guy. Find a new guy. Chad, I'm putting your name in the ring. Cause as <laughs> I mean, this, this so works, all of this works. I could, definitely see you doing this just do this for a half a second because you got the cans on it's like cerebro go uh to me my x-men <laughs> that is professor x now um so i think that i think that recasting is the good idea because i think in his mind oh this is me trying to predict him and peter saffron i think they just like if we're starting fresh let's start early in their careers so we have young people who grow into the roles and also won't be too old by the time we get to the fourth movie or the justice league movie or whatever. And some people are thinking they're going to jump right into justice league. And I don't, but again, this is all rumor and stuff. Right. Yeah. That was something we were, we were discussing last week and right. yeah, it looks like he's not, I mean, we don't know. I mean, he's, we if, know that if he's Gunn is Superman actively now. writing Superman, then they're probably going to start with Superman. That would, that's what I would assume. Yeah. But we, we, we haven't actually been told what the slate order is going to be or what they're actually planning to do specifically. We, we, uh, it's all, it's all speculation. I yeah. just am cautiously excited because i like what he has done before mm-hmm. i trust his sensibilities i trust him to write something that is right for the character and not a james gunn production you know it's like okay maybe not wacky needle drops you know maybe not suddenly black betty shows up and 
<laughs> yeah. like Superman's first actually uh, suddenly has got something from, I don't know, um, you know, some kind of crazy funk thing comes in. Oh, right. Parliament Funkadelic. Perfect <laughs> for Superman beating up some villains. I can only hope that it's going to be good, but I am not one of the ones crying because what came before got scrapped. And people are going, well, why should anyone even go see Aquaman 2? Why should they go see The Flash or, or you know, Blue Beetle or whatever? I'm like, because they're probably, who knows? They might be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean yeah. you shouldn't go see them. It just means that you won't get a sequel. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I said this last week that I, I think it would be nice if Cavill got one more, like, sunset movie, like, see ya. But clearly, they've got bigger fish to fry right now. But th- it was kind of disappointing too to hear, and I understand why they're doing it because of what, where, where they thought it was going. They, there was a cameo that they had shot for Flash, which now has reportedly yep. been cut. Like that's a shame. Um, it, it, I don't know what what what's going on with Aquaman, but it would be nice with these two things that are still left if they could try to tie it up. Well, a little I mean, bit. I don't know if if Gunn is uh, thinking of hanging on to a multiversal idea. Because uh, yeah. maybe when he scraps it, he's like, we're not even doing a multiverse. Yeah, if they do, who knows, five years from now, after the first couple of successful gun movies or the first Justice League, maybe they do like a Crisis on Infinite Earth thing or a multiversal thing, uh, the Flash of Two Worlds kind of deal or something where Cavill is asked back and he's like, yeah, I'll put it on one more time. And it's like, great. So Cavill meets the new guy. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, I'm you from another universe. Great. And finally, Michael Keaton, again, at the age of 75, is like, hi, I'm Batman. Still yeah. still Batman. <laughs> I'd um, love it if there's a, is a scene. I, I always loved it in the comics when, like, the JLA and the JSA would meet. You know, they'd, oh, we, our friends from Earth 2 have come over. It's like, oh, great. Yeah, and they're all hanging out and but I'd love it if if it were more like real life where they have like name tags and they're like going, and you are, oh, oh, Dr. <laughs> Midnight. Yeah. Oh, right. Dr. Midnight. Yeah, yeah great. Nice to yeah. meet you. Like yes. they, <laughs> you have the new Superman going up to Michael Keaton going, and you are, oh, you're Bruce. Oh, but you're like <laughs> other Bruce. Nice to meet you, other Bruce. Yeah. I I don't know. This is we're getting back into speculation town here. But oh, speculation town's where I live. Knowing that James is essentially the same age, he's a little older than us, but he's he grew up with the same era in the same era of DC that we did. Yeah. Uh it's all multiver- about super the multiversal you can tell era. already that he is trying to make a super friends movie. Yeah. What was that? That that line you used to always said. Meanwhile, Superman and Batman streak to the planet's surface. That's exactly it. You, you used to uh, throw that I, line. I I just love that uh, Ted Knight, the great yeah. Ted Knight, yeah. did so many voices on that, including the narrator. And the narrator was always like, "Meanwhile, <laughs> Superman <laughs> and Batman streak towards the planet's surface." Yeah, <laughs> and the whole thing about the episode where my favorite one where they get. Um, they're being overtaken by a voodoo power and Batman and Robin walk into the hall of justice and their eyes are red and they're like walking like zombies and Superman goes, obviously they're under some sort of voodoo curse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Superman, you are brilliant. You can just see him like, nope, nope. You know what that is? Voodoo curse. That's well, totally is, voodoo curse right there. This is really, I mean, James Gunn's brilliance with the stuff he's done with both the Suicide Squad and 
uh, Guardians of the Galaxy that he manages to to weave in a little bit of that kitschiness uh, without yes, he does without sacrificing the the gravitas or the actual drama that he's trying to go for. One of my main sources of trust where he's concerned is what we talked about last week is that. Um, and and obviously, I don't think the tone will be similar if he's doing Justice League or Superman as Suicide Squad. But mm-hmm. that guy, even if he's doing the wackiest, goofiest characters and, you know, Peacemaker goes balls out with weird comedy. But when he wants to, he it, it doesn't feel too jarring because he seeded some pathos or sadness or or just some heart into the backstories of the wackiest characters you care about Groot and Rocket in the Guardians movies because for all the weirdness wackiness it's like oh there's tragedy in the backstory and apparently in this third one we get a lot more of that because we finally see Rocket's origin and all that uh in this next one so the guy knows he knows that to lean too far one way or the other is probably a mistake. So a little lightness in your superhero epic is fine. Also yeah. on the flip side, a little weight and gravitas to your wacky sci-fi superhero yeah. adventure yeah. is good. One way or the other would still be fun. If it was, if guardians were just comedy and action, you'd be like, that was delightful. But re- really where you sit there and go, Oh, you're a storyteller, I, and I trust you. Is where you're like, oh, he gave us more. Mm-hmm. He gave us feels, yeah. and you're like, great, thank you. And if there's one thing that Snyder was very resistant on, his idea of feels in Man of Steel is, you know, uh, Superman hugs his mom, and you know, Clark comes back and and hugs his way too young and hot mom, and <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's that's okay. Um, and also having his, you know, Pa can't sacrifice himself for a stupid reason. Mm. <laughs> and he, but like that, it, I didn't feel anything in those movies because for him, that kind of emotion uh, is something he thinks like, yeah, that's for the critics, but it comes off totally flat. It doesn't read. No. Um, and gun, he knows how to do it. He's, he's got that heart, man. He, he, he kind of reminds me of like the heart that Robin Williams would put into his comedy. Cause yeah. Robin, Robin would go nuts with his routines, but there was always like a little message at the end. Like, you know, keep, sure. keep that little spark of madness alive. You know? Yeah. There, there was always love and, and kindness in, in all his insanity. And, and, I, and I, I also get that vibe from James in well. a lot of his, you know, even in his dramatic films and stuff, there would be, yeah. You know, it's like, wow, what a likable character. But you always sense, like, you think about his, like, supporting turns in, I mean, Goodwill Hunting. You're like, that is a, a great character, but there's a sadness to it. But it's like, okay, you're not just the crazy dude. I, I, I think that is comedy and drama don't have to be separate. They really should always kind of be together because that's mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, my trust meter is very high with Mr. Gunn and I will not join the chorus trying to like direct it because people are not just getting in there saying boycott him, fuck James Gunn, fire him, bring back yeah. the Snyderverse. There are also people that are trying to tell him how to do it. It's mm. like, this is what you need to do. And I'm sitting there going, well, of course, if you asked me, I have plenty of, <laughs> yes. yeah. but I just want to sit back and trust him and see where he goes with it yeah. because I, 
uh, that is a job that only those two guys are in, in charge of. Yeah. And I also hope that if he's writing it, I hope that his radar for who should direct it is good because that yeah. was another Feige thing is being able to find the right people. Mm-hmm. So I hope that they're both sitting there going, well, I'm going to write it. I'm not directing it, but I know exactly who should. How about this person? And get some of those uh, indie film directors in like Marvel did. And they're like, you know, what's, uh, yeah. what's her name? Is it Chloe Zhao who they gave Eternals to? Is that is that her name? Oh, yeah. That is underrated. I like uh, yeah. Me too. And I thought it was the most beautiful looking Marvel movie. And I'm sitting there going, that is gorgeous. I don't know why people didn't respond to it. They're not huge characters, but I thought the movie was good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, finding the the good talent to take it and make it a human thing. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. So can I ask you? This, nope. I know, I know we we're not telling James what he should do because. But you know, well, he, he's never going to hear this. He's never going to hear it. You know what? But, Since he's not ever going to hear this. James Gunn is a farty fart, fart, fart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James, James Gunn eats his own boogers. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe he said that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Hey Jimmy! Hey, you eat your own boogers, Jimmy. He's never gonna hear it. Um, but there are certain. It's, it's impossible for for me to not like wonder. Oh, it would be so cool if he did this. And so I'm getting excited about. I know he's already confirmed. Obviously, Batman's gonna be a big part of the new direction. Green Lantern. He said yes. It's Green Lan- Green Lantern is very important. Just great news. But he's also confirmed, yes, there's going to be some lesser known characters too that sure. we'll be working on, of course. So I, I'm, I'm thinking about all the, all the, there's such a rich trove of stuff to pull from that hasn't been done. And I, DC I was just recently. Is, I mean, now that Marvel's been going so long, yeah. they've dipped deep into the well. I mean, if you had told me there was going to be an Eternals movie or a Werewolf by Night TV movie, I mean, I would right. have been like, no fucking way. And the right. Guardians of the Galaxy what you yeah. know it's like which version and yeah. why would people ever go see that so yeah. they are doing their universe right obviously but dc mm-hmm. is like you said dc's even older and it has such a deep well there mm-hmm. are so many characters uh are you saying like who would you do uh, who would you bring in well there's there's obvious things I, i'm pretty sure they're going to get to eventually if not immediately uh bizarro Bizarre Superman. If anybody could pull that off and have it work and have it actually mean something and be weighty, it's James. Yeah. Um, uh, Bizarre Superman. And this, this is wacky, but this totally makes sense. And this made me, I was thinking about this when I saw the latest guardians of the galaxy uh, trailer, Mm. because I know it's, it it has a lot to do with rocket. Yeah. um, And his origin, but you know, they land on this looks like, I don't know if it's a planet or just a neighborhood where it's all anthropomorphic animals. Yeah. And I thought earth sea, Captain Carrot. Are you serious? Captain Carrot. Actually. And I, I know that's not, that's not Marvel, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking. No, I know. I know. He's probably a fan of that stuff. And, yeah. and the, I, w- I went back and was revisiting. I don't want I, I have the comic somewhere. It's buried. I, I, I dug it up. So I had to remind myself of what that, the origin comic, you know, the first comic was because Superman's there. And it's actually a really, right. really kind of a neat story where, where Superman kind of accidentally discovers earth sea in this alternate universe. And, well, don't uh, forget, Superman also discovered Eternia. Uh, what's that? He, he, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe actually debuted in an insert in DC Comics Presents. Superman 
ended up on Eternia and met He-Man and Skeletor. This is oh, yeah. literally that's canonical. <laughs> I love the fact that he's like going, oh, oh, and he's very weak there because it's all magic, you know. So he's like going, oh, you are more strong than I, He-Man. <laughs> that was around the same time. That was eighties. That uh, Captain Carrot came around, and yeah. also that yeah. was that was uh, of course DC made Captain Carrot as opposed to that was Mattel saying, "Hey, would you like to have Superman introduce our toys?" Thank you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Thank but you. But I, I could see the the whole Captain Carrot thing being, you know, obviously a kid focused thing that's actually still canonical. That's just happening off in this different universe. Well, I mean, and they did the Legion animated. So cool. I didn't. I didn't see it, but the Legion of Super Pets movie that they did—that's like CG uh, with Crypto and Ace the Bat Hound and all that. Oh, okay. They—that's on. I think uh, it should be on HBO Max. Um, and so they did that, and I think something along those lines. Like if you did a CG, yeah, I don't. That does seem like a no-brainer, actually. That's totally doable. Yeah, I, I, he he could pull it off. Yeah, it does make me wonder if he is actually going to to go in the crypto direction, which we have not seen really in live action yet. I don't think. I wow! If they right? uh, if they bring in crypto, if they bring in Bizarro, if they bring uh, if they bring in Supergirl, I I shove that towards you know shove that down the line a little bit because what I really want myself is like. Let's get the Superman mm-hmm. we know up and running. Let him have his spotlight before you start. Just like in the comics. It's like before you start saying, here's your cousin. Here's your dog. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I want Fortress of Solitude, obviously. You got to have the fortress. I want Phantom Zone. I want all that stuff. I want the classic shit. I want him to be a reporter. I want all of the, those things in place. And, of course, Luther and all that. But you don't need to always return to luther or general zod so right. having bizarro like be film two or film three great yeah and i do want supergirl in there she's awesome but it's yeah, always the yeah. thing where you don't want to just though you could I, there's no rule that says you have to always start at the beginning though it sounds like james gunn is you could literally have just what if they had done a justice league movie at the very beginning of the dceu that just acknowledges all that shit has happened it's like, it's all there. And you're like, oh, oh, God, now we're dealing with, um, you know, Krona. Now we're dealing with all these, like, bizarre, deep-cut villains. And they're like, yeah, we don't need to yeah. show you how they met. They're already a team. They're meeting on a satellite. It's fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, just, just to be clear, too, it's now called the DCU. They've taken the E out oh, okay. to distinguish. Yeah. Just so people wow. aren't getting confused. <laughs> Well, yeah. well, you know, there's nothing that will clear up confusion like changing things. So that's yeah. good. <laughs> the DCU fits better anyway. But um, my, I was talking to John about this too, as far as opening up that universe and not just focusing on the main guys. I and it was before James Gunn said that. I, it's just like there's so many things you could do, especially like Marvel has the series that it's doing, where it's like, yeah, we're not doing a feature. But you get Ms. Marvel for six episodes, you know, eight episodes and Moon Knight and all these great things. And I was sitting there going, dude, why not? My idea was do a murder mystery. And the the detective is 
is Elongated Man, is Ralph Dibney. If you did a Thin Man type movie with Ralph and Sue, because they were always the married couple that solved mysteries together, and he just happens to be Elongated Man. And I'm like, what if you did a non-superheroic murder mystery with the detective in it actually having the superpower of stretching, and he's just the DC Universe's consulting detective guy and i love it and and the the sparring the funny banter between husband and wife give me that yeah it's like he wouldn't even have to be in costume for most of it he's just like he can listen in at the door by sending his ear (laughs) underneath the door crack and then the ear just pops up and is listening into stuff it's like I know that sounds goofy, but I was like, there's no reason you can't dip into every genre because Marvel's also done that. They've had their yeah. horror things. They've done their their political thriller. You know, you had Civil War uh, and uh, Winter Soldier. Jesus, mm-hmm. Winter Soldier is a 70s political paranoia thriller with Captain America in it. So that's the thing that I hope that Gunn and company are sitting there going, it's like, yes, we're in a superhero universe, but you can do comedies. You can have a wacky booster gold, you know, series or movie. Uh, booster gold is a good character you could do. And you can have hard hitting, gritty Batman stuff. You can bounce around. You could do romantic comedies and shit. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to get all, you know, <laughs> the languages. <laughs> I'm working on it. So yeah, it would be, I think I there's was, room for all of that stuff. Yeah. Th- this, this, and I, I'd be, I'm not going to write anything off because every time I think, oh, there, there's no way they would do that. Somehow <laughs> people, somebody figures out how to do it. But a uh, composite Superman, I think it's like the weirdest v- villain I can think of from the old DC. If they, if they ever did that, <laughs> I mean, it did show up. Kind off, of, team, man. People pull that off. They, they did the um, a Superman, Batman, Public Enemies animated movie. Did you ever mm-hmm. see that? Based on um, no. the Superman, Batman comic. So that was a Jeff Loeb comic, and it was drawn by McGinnis. Uh, what's his first name? Can't remember. But but the whole thing was Superman and Batman become enemies of the state because Luther is president, and actually that did happen canonically in DC Comics back in the day. So, so he sends government connected superheroes after them, and so you've got like Captain Adam going, "I don't want to have to take you in, Superman, because we're friends." But the the president says you're a danger, and I got to do it. Uh, so, in other words, all this is cooked up. At the end of it, there's this huge kryptonite meteor that's coming towards Earth, and that's something that Luther's going, "Yes, yes, it will destroy him." <laughs> Come to Daddy. <laughs> so there's a new toy man. At that point, this is like early 2000s. And the new toy man is not necessarily a villain. He's this um, Japanese hyper brilliant kid. And so Batman and Superman go to him for help because he's a brilliant weapon designer. So he builds uh, a rocket that's going a robot rocket that will take care of the kryptonite meteor. And Superman's going to pilot it. And it's in the shape of composite Superman. So... It, it's it's right down the middle, Superman, Batman, and it's in their their shape, and the, the skin is green, just like composite Superman. And at the last minute, Captain Adam, who feels guilty over the whole thing, says, "You'll die if you take that mission." And so he knocks Superman out. He gets in the and it, he goes and stops. Them. Oh, cool! Okay. Uh, it was a wow. good storyline in the comics, and then the animated version they they stuck to the story very closely, and it's very good. Mm-hmm. But that's the latest 
version of of composite Superman I've ever seen. Yeah, that is a wacky idea. If they it did is. that, I'd be like, "What the fuck?" But I, I said the same thing. Like when I, I'm watching the Marvel movies, and I'm going, "I cannot believe." When I watched Hawkeye, the series, which I loved, uh, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's the swordsman." It's like the guy yeah. that's moving in on right. Kate Bishop's mom is swordsman, even though he's not in the costume or calling himself that. I'm like, I cannot believe I'm seeing a live action swordsman right now. And then in She-Hulk, they had Leapfrog. Sadly, <laughs> I had my own idea for a Leapfrog uh, series, but uh, their version, I'll take whatever. Uh-oh. But I was like, oh, my God, Leapfrog? Are you kidding me? What's next? <laughs> Stilt Man the movie? I cannot wait. Yeah. Stilt man. But yes, that is the the way is open. If they're successful, if the Superman movie and whatever they're doing next, if they hit big, then like Marvel, they can sit back and say, all right, let's do some TV series. Let's launch this. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, and it's exciting. The thing I keep thinking about, about in the, with the Suicide Squad, it just makes me think that, that it's everything's on the table like um, yeah. is sorrow he actually pulled starro off and he made did. it at once appropriately ridiculous but also horrifying yeah <laughs> in the same movie yeah and uh, that worked. was incredible that was incredible yeah so, and and made you like i said they made you care about rat catcher and rat catcher 2 yeah, or rat catcher yeah. 3 i can't remember which one she is they made you care about um uh, polka dot man right right it's like right what yeah and it, was- it's totally bizarre i mean it's not canonical to the comics the whole thing with his mother <laughs> but the, yes. but still you care about him you're like james gunn you're kind of a mad genius mm-hmm. i do hope that the superman movie is not a wacky farce but uh, right. a little humor is is welcome yeah yeah definitely can you pull jimmy olsen off <laughs> the thing is these characters are so part of his mythos that every writer that's tackled them has said, look, these characters were created in the forties and how are we going to make a friendship between this powerful alien God and this pesky, like early twenties uh, cub reporter photographer? Why, why do they like each other? Why would Clark like Jimmy other than he's a nice kid? Where's bow ties? So, I mean, it's like, okay, can we make Lois, Clark, Jimmy, and Perry White, can we make them work in a 21st century context? I think, I think they could. Can. Yeah. Think can. It's, it, it's a very, it's just friendship. You know, it's a very basic thing. And yes. I, to me, I kind of see How wacky Jimmy. How do you make them? Uh, you know, yeah. uh, is Jimmy incompetent or is he just a motor mouth? You know, what what is the take on Jimmy? It's all these yeah. things where you're like going, how do you interpret well, I'm really curious to see too, like the, how where where James takes Superman's character too, because there there's a lot of stuff that we didn't really get in any of the well, some, I don't know if any of them, but you know the the Superman that we grew up with was also he was kind of a scientist too. He was he was incredibly intelligent, and uh, didn't he actually have a lab at at the fortress? Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, the the whole thing with he is of course the ultimate. Mary Sue, because over the years, (laughs) well, I mean, over the years, the writers, and I love it, but they just kept adding stuff he could do Mm -hmm. to where he's ridiculously, it's not just the superpower. I mean, he has super ventriloquism, super hypnotism. 
He has the cold breath and he has, he does have a super brain. So yeah, he could sit there. Why isn't he cured cancer? I don't know. He was busy yes, that right. weekend. Um, but it is that thing where he has access to Kryptonian technology. He knows how to use that. And they have shown him in comics, especially in the seventies. It was like, yeah, he'd be in a lab. He would be like, ah, this will fix this. And he's created a solution that will do whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, he's so ridiculously powerful. And he can fly uh, through time. You know, it's like, right. yeah, of course he can. So that makes me think of the, the dynamic between him and Jimmy Olsen. To me, Jimmy is, you know, he's kind of a nerd. He's, he's, he's a, a very enthusiastic nerd, kind of like us, you know. And that, that, that yeah. could be a way for portraying Jimmy as, as sort of an everyday uh, well, fan, I but think also somebody that that Clark and Superman are the same guy. Obviously, really connects with. It's like, you, man, this guy's cool. I like this guy. I, I, I'm going to look after him. You know. Yeah, so. I always think that it's it's true. That's the case. I think if you wanted to do a, psych- a psychological analysis, and I always do, um, and these are the things I think about too. It's like, well, I think Jimmy reminds him of like Pete, his best friend in Smallville, because I think. Clark has a hard time when he's in Metropolis of dealing with city cynicism, big city cynicism. And Lois has a lot of that. He has to break down her sure. defenses because she's a tough lady. She's like, yeah, yeah, man, you can't throw me. And what I, I jump into danger, but I think Jimmy is, is the nice kid. And so Clark feels protective of him, big brotherly. And he knows that Jimmy is doing his best, but Jimmy also will get into trouble. He's like going, yeah, I'll watch after this guy. Because for one thing, he reminds me of like friends I had in high school and he is not jaded. I don't think Mm -hmm. they've ever painted Jimmy Olsen as being a jaded city guy, even though I think canonically, isn't he an orphan? No, he's not an orphan. I think his father died when he was young. This is me pulling back old continuity. There's tragedy in Jimmy Olsen's backstory, but he's a, resilient kid with a good heart so i think clark just goes great because all the other friends like he knows from the office perry's got a good heart but he's gruff lois is jaded steve lombard the sports guy he's an asshole cat grant she just wants him for his sweet super hiney he's got (laughs) 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 so i mean as far as his supporting characters jimmy's probably the closest to him it's like yeah. probably this. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. We're, yeah. we're similar. Other than the fact that I'm an alien god. <laughs> right, right. I'm a god like being from another planet. It's like, no, yeah. no, no. Me and you, we could totally go get, uh, go to the ball game and, and eat hot dogs and just yeah. hang and out. Probably, and probably nerding out about science and stuff like that, yep. which would be kind of, that would be really cool to see that. Yep. And uh, as I still, and I, I still, I mean, this is. Probably, I want Inspector you know. Henderson. I want Professor <laughs> Professor Hamilton. Uh, yes, <laughs> like let's have Hamilton. Yes, supporting characters. I want Star Labs mentioned. Always want Star Labs. <laughs> um, man, I'm a fucking nerd. I, I still really, as far as the, all the Jimmies go, I, I obviously prefer Mark. Is it Mark McClure? Is that his name? Mark They're, McClure. They, yeah, yeah. He just, even though they never really got that deep into his character, he was to me. He just he was Jimmy. He, he yeah. was everything that we just said. You know, they just didn't really work it into the story. You know, he was just such and a. He's in his early cool 20s. Dude. He's yeah. just, it, well, he's not a cool dude. He's a total well, nerd, yeah. but he's right. he's a, a lovable nerd. Yeah. 
who constantly gets flack from his boss. Lois likes him, but again, I think sort of in a pet way. <laughs> right, right. Like, oh yeah, hey Jimmy, how's it going? Uh, hey Lois, the man's wearing a bow tie in the 1970s. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, yeah, he was a great Jimmy. They generally they've all been good. Even the guy who played him in uh, Superman Returns, I liked him. He was good too. Yeah, I forget his name. We were yeah, we mentioned that. But he was actually pretty good casting for that role. That yeah. is, and and too often we talked about this before, but but his casting and I think in most other shows I've seen, including especially Supergirl, was just really well, seems I mean, to stem from a misunderstanding of who the character is because they just well, made him so boring. I don't think it's a misunderstanding. I think there's uh there's a lot of and I. I think Snyder did a lot of this, even though that wasn't Snyder, obviously Snoop, Supergirl. But it, it's a whole thing of we can't just go with the classic. We have to alter it because it's too cliche. So the they overthink or they try to uh, subvert your expectations. We know what you think Jim Jimmy Olsen is. So now we've got James Olsen. How you yeah. doing? And you're like, well... A smooth, confident, sexy hunk Jimmy Olsen is a take. It's just not the character that we grew up with. Just like a Pa Kent that says, hide your abilities to save yourself, and I'm going to let a tornado take me away. That's a take on Pa Kent. It's not a good one. But it's just them going like, people think they know these characters. We're going to twist it. Yeah, well, I think I'll, and specifically with, with Jimmy. not and, a nice guy anymore. No yeah. more Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, I bet that's the needle drop, is that the uh, the first trailer for James Gunn, Superman comes out, and it's him tearing people apart, and it's going, no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> and he's just like going, ugh. And then at the end of the trailer, he goes, fuck crime. <laughs> yeah, shut up, <laughs> um, Fuck evil. But I think I think the problem with with Supergirl was was like all the CW shows. It was a CW show, so they yep. were in that show, and particular specifically with that show, I think they were targeting young women. So they and, put and they great. tried to make him hunky. So I get it. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think that um, having an older Jimmy is fine because the way the timeline works out, it's like Superman's been around for a while. So a Jimmy in his twenties meeting uh, Superman's cousin fine have him be older maybe more mature less nerdy but just to flip him into this like hello how are you yeah yes. we might hook up later i'm jimmy olsen this is like I have no eh, interest eh, in eh. photojournalism anymore like, i have no interest in photojournalism anymore i you know i'm just like i'm just, I'm just an old man who sits there going the couples i want to end up together jimmy ends up with <laughs> with, with lois's sister it's the way it's always been meant to be. Lucy Lane, Jimmy Olsen, hook up. Superman and Lois, Batman and Catwoman, Green Arrow and Black Canary. Don't get me started. Don't bring in the Felicity Smoke or whatever. The f- no. Black Canary, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, and Carol Ferris. I want the classics. Barry Allen, fastest man alive. Only one girl for him. Iris Allen. (laughs) I am literally that kind of guy who sits there going, you know, introducing new characters is fine. And if you kill off Steve Trevor in the Wonder Woman movies, 
then you're allowed, I guess, to come up with a new love interest. But I always want her to end up with Steve Trevor because these yeah. are the canonical couples. I want Aquaman and Mira to get together in the comics when they like broke apart very violently in the two thousands. And he ends up with dolphin. Who's another underwater DC character. And she's all off on her own, like going, I don't need you anymore. Arthur, you can have your little blonde. I'm doing it. I'm like, eh, but this always yeah. happens in comics because they're soap operas. So they will have these things. And then eventually some writer comes in going, no, nope, it was always meant to be Arthur Curry and yeah. Mira king right. and queen of Atlantis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm such a freaking nerd. You know, the, the other thing, and this is, goes back to the big, the big, the big guns, but no ah. pun intended, uh, but world's finest. Come on. Dude. I'm so looking forward to the detective movies with Superman. Dude. and Batman working, We're working together. We're so good. And yeah, I'm just, I think I'm just going I mean, on faith that he is going to do that. Like, how could he not do it? <laughs> obviously a justice league movie. I can't wait. Seeing yeah. the and one of the saddest things for me is watching Snyder's Justice League, and that should be all that I want. And I watch it and I go, those characters standing together, they're just not, they're so far away from what I want that I can't even be excited that that's Wonder Woman talking to Aquaman, that that's Flash hanging out with Cyborg or whoever. I can't get excited for it because those characters are wrong, but uh. A Justice League movie done right, I can't wait for. But to your point, wouldn't it be great if pre them bring Justice League together, you get a Superman Batman movie, a world's finest movie? Oh, dude. Yes. Yeah. And Absolutely. they could literally take the all the ideas from the radio show. You, you, you know that Batman and Robin were introduced on the radio show because the the guy who the actor, Bud Collier, who played Superman, needed a vacation. Oh, really? Yeah. And this is also where Kryptonite came from. Literally, okay. it was not in the comics first. It was in the radio show. So the guy was voicing that character five days a week. It was a five-day-a-week show, 15-minute episodes. And he was like, it's every week. I want to take a vacation. I've been doing this for, like, years. And they're like, okay. So they came up with a plot about this meteor from Krypton that lands on Earth that weakens him. And Batman and Robin enter the storyline to save Superman because he's they don't know what's wrong. And they so they come in to save the day. So you have actors portraying Batman and Robin for like several weeks while Bud Collier's in the Bahamas going, ah. And every time the radio show would cut back to Superman, it was another actor just going, oh, (laughs) (laughs) in the background, just some guy going, oh. And they're like, we will get you help, Superman. We're we're your friends. <laughs> so World's Finest happened in radio before it ever happened in the comics, too. The characters met in the radio show before they ever met in the comics. Didn't they introduce flying in the radio show, too? Was that? I don't know. Well, was- Jimmy, Jimmy was introduced in the radio show. Was that the TV I show? I can't no, remember. No, 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 no. no. Flying because it was... Was there, it was there before, by the time they did the flashy cartoons, it was already it had already been introduced, right? Yeah, yeah. It was fairly quick, but really it was all just laziness because the idea of bounding was, especially if you're animating it, it was a thing like, geez, him just having to hit Earth again and then leap again, and they're like, fuck that. Though in some of the Fleischer cartoons, he is in that pose where he's like leaping instead of mm-hmm. full on flying. 
but um no, I don't think flying was introduced in the radio show, but the radio show started so quickly after the comics. The comics yeah. hit big right big. off the bat. So yeah. merchandising and let's do a cereal, let's do this and da 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 happened immediately. He's out in thirty eight and by thirty nine the the guys who run national periodicals are already millionaires and Siegel and Schuster are going, Please, sir, can I have yeah. some more? <laughs> we created him. Can I have a crust of bread? <laughs> I don't know why they're British. They were Jewish guys from Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, yes, I would love that. I would love it. I always want to see him team up. Uh, the animated series did it well um, whenever it happened. And then into their Justice League cartoon. It was great. And this this is a, a bit of a nerdy divergence, but I, it, I was what? thinking about this recently when we were talking about Jimmy and Mark McClure uh, and the original Superman movie. It made me think of this scene. Because we, we've talked about, you know, the the Deus Ex Machina thing where Superman turns back time or spins the Earth backwards, depending on how you interpret it. Flies back through time. And, he does and, not um, turn the Earth around. Right. So he, okay. he basically goes back to where it, he, he tweaks something. We don't see exactly what he changes, but he makes it so uh, Lois's car doesn't get doesn't get a fall into a, a crack in the Earth during an earthquake. But the earthquake, earthquake apparently still happens because then Jimmy runs up and says, oh, yeah. thanks a lot, Superman. Leave me all these rocks falling. And you, God damn it. Um, <laughs> so apparently that still happens. So it's like, well, what did he – I'm always been curious, like, what did he do? Like, what did he change? Did he just – because clearly – I mean, apparently the, the nuclear bomb still hit California. Well, when you get into the paradox of, like, if he went back uh, and all he did was get to her sooner, yeah, then – does that mean he has sacrificed the people he didn't save with by building that rock dam? I've never yeah. been sure either. Did it's he go confusing. back just to get to her quicker? And he still has time to stand there and chat with her for a couple of seconds. I'm like, dude, shouldn't you be building that dam? <laughs> so yeah. I don't know what he did. Maybe yeah. he, maybe he figured out a way to do all the stuff that he originally did faster. Or, or it's like now that he knows she's in danger, I will handle this in a different way quicker and then be able to get to her. And yeah. she's like, Oh geez. Oh, man. <laughs> hi Superman. How you doing? How, how do you like me and my white, uh, Bee Gees outfit? Yeah. <laughs> she's in such a, uh, Saturday night fever, white, uh, leisure suit in that scene. God. Yeah. I love all that. That whole, the look. scariest thing when I was a kid watching it in the theater, when it first came out was her death, that whole thing with, because one thing, uh, I'm not exactly sure how it was filmed, but real dirt is being piled on top of her. And that whole thing it's, where she finally stops struggling and her face just goes down. And yeah. then the last of the, I was like, it was, Oh, that was visceral. And he pulls her out. <laughs> oh, the scene still gets me, man. Yeah. It gets me. Donner knocked it out of the park with that scene. And when he his emotional reaction, Chris Reeve, you know, oh, it's so good. That little whimper he lets out right before that big scream. Yeah, he goes, ah, ah, it's so well. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that, that was that was performance clearly, but that was also that was camera work that and that was editing and yeah. sound design. Just no brilliant just, symphony of, of just brilliant work. And him flying yeah. off in a rage. The whole thing about him being too you know, too light and fluffy and 
you know, boyish or whatever, this stuff they always load on a moment going, don't you see part of Superman, part of being Superman is he is human. He has those emotions too. He has to keep them in check. And mm-hmm. that's why that scene resonates. Cause you're like, he going, just lets it go. Yeah. Like, yeah. He just lets it go. And you're like going a guy like that in a rage through pain or whatever, that is frightening. Mm-hmm. And actually I'm sitting there going, the very fact that he does not on a daily basis just lose his shit and go, that's it. I'm taking <laughs> over. You people are garbage. And, uh, you know, you know what? I, Fuck I, all I, y'all. I'm not king. <laughs> Guess what? I'm king. Who's going to stop me? Stop fucking around. Superman's yeah. control of himself. I mean, that makes him a little, makes it sound like he's an aesthetic, like he's a monk. But in a weird way, part of, and that's true of a lot of uh, very powerful characters and jedi yeah yeah it's like you know what obviously i i will fall in love i will hate people or be angry at people but i have a responsibility not to just let myself go into that because otherwise i will punch my head through his atoms and his (laughs) head will disappear in a pink mist it just won't even be there anymore in fact i won't even punch i'll just do this with my finger and there's parts of the boys did you watch the boys by the way oh yeah 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 you know and the comic did as well where it's like i know it's grim and i know that that's commentary on comics but they do those things where they're like going yeah if someone as powerful as this just didn't like you anymore or just like going they could just pop your head off and it would just be horrible and Mm -hmm. gruesome and i enjoy it at the same time that's not a universe i want to hang out in no, I, even my mom likes that show. It's, it's what? I think it's yeah. She loves it. Can she she's, take that gore? Yes, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, did you see the latest boys? It's so great. <laughs> see the thing where that that little man shrunk down and he went inside the penis of his boyfriend <laughs> and then he expanded and blew him up. Was that just me that saw that? That's the thing about the show that cracks me up. It's not every time, but it's like, seems like 99% of the deaths is just, everybody just explodes. Like, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter what the manner of death is. It's like when they die. Is <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you also have, of course, the, the lady whose power is making people's just, heads pop. Right. Pretty awesome. Yeah. No, I like it. I, I, I'm always down for it as pure and holy as we like to sound about comics were are delightful. Superheroes are, you know, beacons. I like when people do dark takes on them because mm-hmm. I I don't mind an alternative viewpoint. What I mind is if it becomes the default. Like I've read great parodies, the uh, Brat Pack from back in the late '80s. That was uh, Rick Veitch, his very dark take on teen superheroes. Obviously, I love Watchmen. It is a masterpiece, the best comic ever written. I'm sorry, it just is. And it's, uh, I guess I should say best superhero comic because there are amazing graphic novels that have nothing to do with superheroes. But I mean, the dark takes, the commentary, I'm fine with because it is like people with discriminating minds looking at what a superhero universe would be and going, Jesus, this wouldn't work at all. Yeah. Or it would be a nightmare. Yeah. Um, but I like it in the, the way I like it when I'm eight. I yeah. like the superhero showing up and saving people. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think we've had enough of that, the the dark aspect of it, because that's kind of where Snyder was going with his with, with his of stuff course. too. And it's like he enough came, he came up, He's our age or younger. He's probably younger. 
And I think he now, he's did actually come a couple up, years older than us. I, I checked. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Well, for him, a year or two older. He gravitated to the eighties because I think that point he's like, that's when comics grew up and they got bad ass. Meaning he loves all that nineties stuff that spilled out of it. I've read. I mean, Alan Moore now thinks anyone who reads comics, especially adults, are losers. He's he's gone full <laughs> to the other side. But before he went there. He would be interviewed about Watchmen and all that, and he would say, you know, I actually kind of regret doing Watchmen because, he goes, my intention was never to have people, you know, use that as a template. He goes, it was a self-contained, here's my comment on superheroes, and then it sold so well, got so much critical acclaim that thanks to Frank Miller, Dark Knight and all that, and Watchmen, that's what spun us into the 90s, which is the worst decade of comics ever, superhero comics, because they're like, let's copy the wrong lessons from Alan Moore and Frank Miller. What mm-hmm. people want now are are shady superheroes, hyper-violent. They want this because it's more real. It's gritty. And like, no, no, it's okay in small doses or as a commentary but people coming up that were teens at that time are going, yeah, this is extreme. That's what I want. <laughs> um, yeah, and so yeah. it was an entire decade of that and people just going, please stop. And finally you had good writers like Kurt Busiek and Mark Wade are like going, can we steer this stuff out of that? Can we go back to liking them again? Hey, yeah. can Superman be all right and not be dead? Hey, can yeah. Batman not have his back broken for a little bit? Can he come back now? Can Jason Todd not have been beaten to death by the Joker with a crowbar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you vote for that, by the way? Did you call in on the uh, will Robin live or die? That was back in the 80s. Did you did you call in on that? Oh, I know. When, when they, they set it up as a 976 number, like a pay thing. So that miniseries, A Death in the Family, was coming out, um, and it had Jason Todd uh, get beaten by the Joker with a crowbar, or he's he's captured by the Joker, and then they had an ad saying, does he live or die? And it was up to the fans to call in. It was like 50 cents a call. Yeah. Yeah. And they did say fuck him. What what year was this? Do you remember? 80... Six maybe. Okay, yeah, because I I had checked. There was a long period period in the eighties where I just wasn't attuned into comics at all, and it was Nathan who kind of pulled me pulled me back in. Because <laughs> the summer summer of nineteen eighty seven, he came to 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 hang out. Nathan introduced in me to From Hell. It From Hell. From um, Hell. Alan Moore's uh, Jack the Ripper. I, I remember. Oh yeah. Nathan going. Have you read this? It's the guy who did Watchmen. I was like, oh, the guy who did Watchmen is doing a historical thing about Jack the Ripper. He's like, it's so good. Yeah, he brought in. He said he brought a stack of comics. Like, you got to read this. He brought the Watchmen. He brought. Mm-hmm. He, he he got me up to date on Crisis. I hadn't really. I think I'd heard about uh, wow. Crisis and Infinite Earths, but I hadn't really. Uh, I didn't really know much about it. Swamp Thing. Uh, yeah, Alan yeah, Moore Swamp Alan Thing. Swamp Thing. Unbelievable. And a bunch of other cool stuff. And and Sandman. That was the other big one. So mm-hmm. I, I absorbed all this stuff in that that <laughs> with that one year period, whenever that was, because Sam had just started coming out. I think. That's a mind blower, yeah, yeah. That I mean, it's all it's all at this point. Uh, there have been treatises written about the turn that American comics took in the eighties, thanks to things like Crisis and Dark Knight and Watchmen. 
and also the success of the X-Men and the, the death of Phoenix and, and comics were maturing and it did hit like a hammer. It happened all kind of around that time. Now the death of Robin is very cynical and that's a lot of people point to it as being like, Jesus Christ, having people phone in and vote on the life or death of a character is so grim. Um, and people didn't like Jason Todd by and large, simply because he was the first replacement Robin they didn't write him well. I have to say that he was an obnoxious character, but I never, I didn't vote, but I, I would have voted to have him live because that is so grim, but people did. They voted for him to die in the next issue. He's killed. And then of course that's just so eighties. And then Batman is racked with guilt and never again. Uh, and Nightwing is running around still with the teen Titans going, Oh, Jason died. Oh, that sucks. I'm going to go bone this alien chick. And I think those that, yeah, that's the exact dialogue. But uh, <laughs> I'm happy over here with the Titans. Really sorry about your new partner. Gotta go. Oh, that's not quite it. But it just led to the overall darkening of tone yeah. um, that became the default through the 90s. And yeah, it was not a fun time. But right. you did have things like Sandman coming out. Yeah, so there was a lot of exciting stuff uh, in that period. Sorry, do you still have time to... Uh- uh, I need, need to, to go in a little bit here. I know we were okay. going to talk about Sandman. Uh, the series. Yeah, let's save it for next time. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I mean, spoiler for everyone who hasn't watched it. Watch it already. Yes. Just watch it already. I'm, I'm so excited. It's been I sitting on Netflix waiting for you. And so- I've kind of forgotten that that's another DC property that I'm oh, pretty what? sure James that James is not going to touch because no, there's no. been a lot so much speculation is like well we're going to build on what's working and people some people are think are taking that to mean well maybe maybe he'll keep some stuff that we want from the Justice League stuff I don't think that's what that means I don't think that's what that means I think he means you know stuff like Sandman stuff like Matt Reeves is the Batman sure um and, and I, I, that I, is doing well may hang between around between now know. and our next podcast I'll look into we sort of the I, I'd like to look into the production background of Sandman because I wonder how much Warner Brothers has to do with that at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not independent. It is owned by, by DC owned by Warner Brothers, but it, they never considered it under the umbrella of the DC formerly EU. Um, the Vertigo titles, you know, I'm sure I don't want to see a sequel to Constantine. Constantine was fun, but again, that's not the character um, the dude that they had on Legends of Tomorrow, the blonde British guy, was closer, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I liked his little series, which didn't last very long, but it was good. Hellblazer, yeah. but those things could end up coming back in totally different forms on Netflix or yeah. whatever, not having anything to do with HBO. Shade the Changing Man. Why not? That's trippy, crazy, go nuts. Do it. Mm-hmm. I'd watch the fuck out of that Swamp Thing. They gave a go. On uh, on um, HBO, uh, yeah. Or what was that? What was it? So it was it was short-lived DC only. channel, DC Universe. Yes. What was it called? I had I, it. I and then I it was folded into uh, uh, HBO, HBO Max. Max. Yeah. yeah, Doom Patrol, great, loved it. Uh, I liked Star Girl quite a bit. I haven't uh, seen that. It's. It's for kids. I mean, not. It's not just for kids. But I was surprised at how they just said. We're not bothering to explain the Justice Society, but they're here. You're just going to have to deal with there was a Flash who had a a, a helmet. You're going to have to deal with old Green Lantern and stuff, and here are their legacy characters. 
in a high school setting, you know, that kind of thing. A little CW ish there. Um, but Stargirl yeah. was good. Titans is a little, is a little much. It's a little grim dark for me. It's too dark. Yeah. It's too dark. I'm, and still, it's, I'm sitting there going, I, I can't believe Hawk and Dove have been, there they are. It's like Hawk and Dove and Starfire and right. I mean, all yeah. these people I, I'm dying. I just, it's, it's, it suffers from the same thing as a lot of these shows like Doom Patrol, the first season in particular, I think really set for me anyway, suffered from low budget effects. Yeah. And, it, and it's really hard for me to, to hang on to it. Titans, the same thing. It's like Gar is forced to just be a tiger all the time. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Starfire just basically just, blow stuff up and doesn't well, really they, they also do a thing where i always like the idea of mutants in marvel that can't hide what they are and yeah. i always like that about the titans as well and that was a big part of the reason that cyborg and garfield uh changeling become such good friends they can't hide who they are neither can starfire yeah he's but just green show, all the time yeah in this show garfield his hair is green he doesn't turn green until he starts to change into something right and starfire is not orange skinned all the time with big green eyes that only happens when she powers up and shoots rays and yeah. you're like i kind of like it if aliens and mutants are kind of like well they're just, just going to be looked at as freaks right. unless they're saving people right. because there's a green dude And there's so they've given them easy outs. Yeah. Oh, Starfire can just walk around and look like this very sexy African American lady. It's like, oh, hey, lady, how you doing? But (laughs) then she powers up and her hair gets all what you want it to be from the comics, and her eyes are glowing green. I'm like, yeah, "Ah, you're almost Starfire. Zap zap. It's kind of like what they my complaint with uh, with Firestorm in the in the in the Arrowverse stuff that. It was great at moments, but they clearly could not afford to keep doing him every week. <laughs> Even when they went to the the uh, they are the second version of uh, Firestorm, that who was in Legends of Tomorrow, he just constantly was having like he like he either couldn't power up because there was something going wrong with, with the 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 physics of of the the bonding between him and the professor, or they would just write him out of the. Episode I hate it when I hate it when they nerf characters, but I do understand you know budgetary concerns. It's like in. Um, uh, uh, Infinity War, uh, the whole thing with uh, Bruce Banner being unable to turn into the Hulk because the Hulk yeah. is is refusing to come out. And I'm like, okay, so they put him in the big Hulkbuster armor so he can run around. But we, d- but that's them basically saying if the Hulk had been there, he could have wiped out that entire yeah. army. So they and they yeah. nerf in Endgame, they nerf Doctor Strange a little because I'm sitting there going. He's so incredibly powerful, but in Endgame, while they're all trying to fight Thanos, all he's doing is preventing a flood. He's using yeah. his powers to like keep a huge wall of water. He's like, you guys take care of Thanos. I'll make sure you don't get damp, is basically. Yeah. I'm like, they nerfed a lot guys. of characters in that. They did. That, they did. That scene. But still, they did have a moment where fucking was- Captain Marvel comes in, and it's her against Thanos, and she's knocking the shit out of him. Yeah. Ooh. They did. I mean, they did kind of try to address that, like, because Thanos was essentially getting lucky, you know, here and there, like, ooh, you know, when he, he I forget exactly what he does. He, he kind of messes with the, the stones a little bit to overpower Captain Marvel. What does, is that? There's something he, he takes one stone out of the, I think, out of the gauntlet. I don't and remember uses that to punch the or something. Yeah, there's, some, there's something weird going on with, he gets clever with the, with the stones to, to overpower Never her. get clever with the stones, man. I've told yeah. you that before. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to watch it again. But they, I, I, they, did, they did try to address the insanity of it. There are a couple of, of the near, insanity of it, yeah. Yes, of, but having a character like that is 
tough. And I know that they're trying to set up Kang to be the next big bad for, and I'm excited about that. He's not that physically powerful, but he is the time traveling conqueror. And I can't wait. Mm -hmm. See Marvel just, they get me, man. Yeah. And at this, the, again, about Firestorm, I, I really hope that this is on his slate. If he announces Firestorm as part of the original announcement, I'm going to be so fucking happy. Firestorm would be awesome. It's now, I guarantee you we will get Zatanna uh, uh, because she, her popularity has grown over the years and she's sexy. Um, so I guarantee we'll probably get a Zatanna project, whether it's a movie or a TV show. They would be dumb not to. I'm trying to think of who else is likely. I bet they do Vixen. Uh, who's yeah. always a great um, JLA member. But speaking of diversity, she's a great character. She deserves her own spotlight. And in a Vixen show, they could probably also bring in Animal Man as like maybe a friend or mentor or cohort. Um, that would make a lot of sense. Firestorm would be great because that goes straight to our 80s childhood because they bring they brought him in as we were kids. And we're like, hey, a teenager. Oh, with yeah, with a professor buddy, and it, which kind of predated uh, Back to the Future, which I was just thinking oh, about. Yeah, it's true because they could kind of do that dynamic, the, the Professor yeah. Brown, uh, Let's Marty thing. Rick and Morty with it. <laughs> I mean, they could. I mean, not yeah. make it that wacky, obviously, but they they need to go there w- with that relationship and have it be you know this the, the weirdness that they actually become one person and have to figure yeah. out how to work together to see a fully powered firestorm. I'm so excited for it. No, I fully he's, realized he's, too. He's another tricky wise. character, uh, yeah. power wise because, and this bothered me in the comics. If your power is you, it's just like molecule man over in, in Marvel. If you can control the molecular structure of anything, you're the most powerful being. Yeah. I'm sorry. You just are. So they I do mean, need to figure out some way to, to rein that in a little bit. Well, they usually have it be, he has to know. He just has to understand them. So it's like mm-hmm. Professor Stein was always going, this is how you make salt. You know, he'd be like, oh, okay, okay. But in other words, he wouldn't be able to look at Superman and automatically know Kryptonian physiology or molecular structure. But if he did learn it, he could just go, and now fah, 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 you're a kiwi fruit. I just turned Superman into a kiwi fruit. Don't fuck with me. I'm Firestorm and I can control everything. He's a scary, powerful character. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Dude, there's not a character that I wouldn't love to see. I got excited. Do you hear about? Oh, I really should go soon. But, but, uh, Donald, Donald, (laughs) Donald Glover, do you get, do you see that announcement? No, what's going on? Cause, you know, he was in Spider Man, um, Homecoming. As a character that we know ends up being the Prowler. Uh, But we see him before he's got gear and stuff. So I'm always thinking, I hope he comes back and is the Prowler because it's a great character. And I love him. He's great. He's coming back to Sony to do another Spider-Man movie, but not as that character. He, because he is, he's got uh, cachet. Mm -hmm. He said, well, yeah, I want to come back, but I'm going to write. Uh, this one and I'm going to star in it as an obscure Spider-Man character. And they're like, Oh, who do you want to be? He's like the hypno hustler. I, I don't I know nothing of a hypno hustler. He's a very obscure villain from the seventies. And it's, he's, he's a Spider-Man villain. And since it's under the Sony umbrella, because they own all Spider-Man, he's like, I want to do hypno hustler. And, and Sony said, okay. 
because he's Donald Glover. And they're like, people will go see it. Wow. And this has literally been greenlit. Wow. I mean, we've got a Craven movie coming up, which sounds totally bonkers. It sounds wrong. He's an eco guy. He wants to protect the animals. I'm like, Craven the hunter, the guy who wears a lion's face on his chest. Okay. <laughs> that wears leopard spot tighties. I'm like, fuck that. But yeah, it's just, I think they just said, whatever you want, Donald. You want to do Hypno Hustler? We're doing Hypno Hustler. <laughs> so we're going to have the Spider Verse. We're going to have the, uh, the uh, Venom Verse. Yeah. And the Hypno Hustler Verse. <laughs> well, I think, I think. Venomverse, Cravenverse, and Hypnohustlerverse will all be the same because it's Sony's okay. work. And Morbius, okay. that'll Morbius be the same verse. verse. Yeah, and yeah. Spider-Man is still sharing, is being shared out. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably yeah. continue to talk about him in Venom movies and stuff, but he won't show up. Or maybe that he will. Guy. <laughs> I hate yeah. that guy who I've never yeah. met. Yeah. <laughs> Hypnohustler. We're going to get a Hypnohustler movie. Cool. Anything can happen. That. I'm going to dig out all my old scripts. Here's my creeper script. Oh, I would that's, fucking That's right. It. I was thinking about that the other day. I kept, I kept uh, trying to remember what that character's name was. You, the creeper. There's another thing I had no idea about, and we you you laid it out in detail. As you do with I, all your script ideas, they turned yeah. into two-hour, three-hour conversations at House of Pies. Because don't get me started. I'll tell you all my stories. But um, And again, that will be me in the, the old folks' home. Gary, <laughs> tell you about the time I came up with this idea for Brave Star. The cartoon, but as a gritty Western, where are you going? <laughs> um, but no, my, my creeper script, I, I dug it out fairly recently and read it over. It is so dated. All of my references are dated because it was written in the early nineties. Uh, yeah. And I wrote him as like a, a, a shock jock TV host, a la, a la uh, Morton Downey Jr. Remember Morton Downey Jr.? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, those things don't even exist anymore. And there's references to phone sex lines. And I'm like, oh, boy, this is just old, old, old. (laughs) Um, But my take on the character, I still like a lot. And a lot of the stuff in it, it would just have to be severely updated. Mm -hmm. But the Creeper is a great character. And another one I thought visually, that's why I decided to write a screenplay. I'm like, when you see the world through Creeper vision, when you're seeing his POV, it's all bizarre, surrealist, non sequitur stuff because he's tripping oh, balls. Yeah. When he's the creeper, he sees the world as this weird cartoon landscape. So yeah. I was describing stuff like 20 foot versions of those symbol clapping monkeys and stuff like that. And, and, you know, flamingos flying upside down and, and just going through. And he's like, ah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's what I want is something visual besides his super heroics that you cut to creeper vision. And you're like, God damn, I'm not on nearly enough mushrooms. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, would, that would be so amazing. on that note, I'm going to let you go. And our people, I hope everyone's enjoyed us talking for the 18th straight week about Jimbo Gunn, <laughs> our favorite mixed martial arts fighter. <laughs> that might have to be the, the episode title for this one, <laughs> Jimbo Gunn. Um, but uh, take care of yourself, Mr. Smalley. Uh, uh, we can only hope that these things go well because we're nerdy fans who deserve to be treated well. Yeah. You want my $12? You better mm. do something I like. And my, my heart goes out to everybody whose heart is still broken over the Cavill situation. I understand. I we do need understand. To come together, everybody. Come together, to come together for the character's sake. It's bigger than any actor, mm-hmm. director, writer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to hit All stop. Right.